tracking this um, trajectory of something incredible has happened uh, through Jesus and, and now we're looking at in Acts is really documenting the outworking of that. Uh, what happens when um, someone, someone comes into the world and radically changes life as we know it? Uh, what are the results of that? And um, it, it, is, it is an incredibly um, action-packed book. Uh, there's so many things that, that start happening right from the get-go, really big supernatural sort of things. And I think uh, it, it's, it's encouraging and exciting and, and it, fills, it fills me with a sense of expectation that that is what God wants to do in our lives now. Um, I, I really have a sense that, that God does not want to hold anything back from us. Not, not only doesn't He want to, but He's not holding back anything from us. Uh, he wants us to experience the life um, that He has. And, and so, so there can be a bit of a dilemma, though, because we, we can look at Acts and see the incredible things that are happening there. And uh, perhaps we don't see as much happening in our lives personally, maybe in our lives as a community, and, and, and sometimes I think that can maybe hit us, maybe cause a bit of discouragement, uh, maybe it actually spurs us on for more, and, and, I, and I pray that that would be um, the case. For me, I, I needed a model, I needed someone to, to help me understand uh, what, what tracking through um, to a place like the people in Acts are experienced, what does it look like to track to that place? And um, I, I find that in Peter, uh, the the apostle, uh, the the guy who um, who who was was close to Jesus, one of his closest disciples, um, and and in fact, uh, Peter, you actually mentioned there. Um, what does he say? What's that thing that he says about about being a sinner? Have mercy on me. Uh, Lord, I am a sinner. That, that actually comes directly from Peter's mouth. Um, and so, I thought what we might do is, is almost like an episode recap, you know what I mean? It's like a previously on, and then we jump back to, to the gospel. Uh, so, I thought I might just do, and they show like a snippet of a scene, and you know, okay, well, yeah, I remember that scene ages ago, so there must be something to do it must have something to do with what we're going to be watching tonight. Uh, but, but unfortunately, this is not an A-grade um, TV series. Uh, but, but I pray that it would uh, still be impacting to us. Um, so this is John 13. And there's this scene where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And this is what he says. Little children, I'm with you a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I, t- I said to the Jews... Now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And here Simon Peter comes in and says to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answers, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus replied, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. And we, and we, we know that scene play out. Um, Jesus is going to the cross 
and um, Peter really disowns any, any connection to him. And then um, we, we track through a bit and, and Jesus continues, you know the way where I am going. To which Thomas, uh, Thomas uh, one of the other disciples, says to him, Lord, we don't even know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And what we see, I think, in this scene is that at some point, Peter, uh, at this point, in fact, Peter has this sense that he will and he would give his life for Jesus. He would lay his life down for Jesus. But what he didn't realise in his heart and what he didn't know was in him was that there was a, a, a heart that would deny Jesus, a heart that at the last would seek to preserve itself rather than give itself. Um, but Jesus is committed to Peter. That's the story that we see here so clearly. Jesus will show him the way to eternal life. Peter is on a journey John is on a journey, the disciples are on a journey, the Jesus community, the, the followers of him are on a journey and this is the picture that we get at the beginning of Acts. They want to be fully with Jesus where he is but, but they're not ready yet somehow, they're not ready yet but they're on their way, they're following Jesus, he hasn't abandoned them. And we, we actually know in history that Peter does end up with Jesus. He, he lays down his whole life following Jesus in love for him and also his brothers and sisters, just as Jesus did. And in fact, it's actually Peter's life that is given to us as a foundation stone. His very life becomes the rock of the Jesus community. Jesus actually says that himself. But where is Peter following Jesus to? Where are his followers following him to? Where are we following Jesus to? And I, I love Thomas's statement. Thomas is just the most down-to-earth guy. Jesus, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus finally gives them a glimpse and he gives us a glimpse of where we are going. And we see that in his resurrection. It's a glimpse of where we are going. And in his ascension to the right hand of the Father, he shows us that we too are going to be right next to the Father. In the Father's house, in fact, is what he says in John 13, where, where there are many rooms to the family of our heavenly Father with all of our brothers and sisters is where we're headed, with perfected bodies, with perfected hearts, with perfected minds, hearts that love the way that God loves, hearts that are full of life the way He is full of life. But that's still, the, the dilemma is still there, right? It, it, that's an incredible vision, 
of where we're headed, what, what He's calling us into, but how do we get there? And Jesus says, I am the way. I think sometimes we can get, get mixed up here. Jesus says, I am the way. And it, and it must mean that there is a journey ahead. There is a way. It doesn't mean we're there. It means there's a way. To accept Jesus is to accept the way. And to accept the way is to be on your way. Sometimes I, I think, even for myself, I, I can accept the way, but I, I don't even get out of the door. It's, it's like, um, like punching in the address uh, that you're wanting to get to into a GPS marker, and then you uh, look at it, you look at the directions, you don't even hit the start button, you just hit the directions button, and you have a look at it, you get well acquainted with it, you know all the turns, you know all the streets to get there, but none of that information is going to help you unless you actually get going. Peter says to Jesus, I want to be where you're going right now. And Jesus says, in effect, uh, you, you can't be there yet because you haven't gotten there. You can't be there because you're here. But let me show you the way from here to there. Follow me. This is Jesus' call. Here is the way. Love as I have loved you. Here is the way. Feed my lambs. Jesus says this directly to Peter. What we're seeing in Acts is a journey of individuals, a journey of communities following Jesus to where he is. They're on their way. Jesus said to his disciples while he was with them, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. This is before his death and resurrection, before his ascension. And the book of Acts is the kickstart of that journey after the events of the resurrection. When we're going through Acts, what we're wanting to see is how Peter is following Jesus to resurrection life, how the disciples, how the community are following Jesus to resurrection life. They, they know the way, they know Jesus, and they are on the way. And right at the start of Acts, we see that Peter is on this right way. He goes from a triple denier of Christ to being the boldest proclaimer of who Jesus is. His time following Jesus, listening to what Jesus is saying, following who He is, has opened him up to receive from Jesus the good news of who God is. It's entering into His life. The Spirit of God is being received by Him. Brad touched on that a couple of weeks ago. The, the, the day of Pentecost, the life of Jesus coming alive in Him and other followers of Jesus. 
and, and what is it that Peter is proclaiming? He's proclaiming the very same good news that the life of God can be a part of who we are. The very thing that's happening in his life and the life of those around him that's documented here in Acts. The good news that Jesus is alive and that means something for individuals and communities. The good news is that Jesus is alive in a way that we could never have imagined before. That he is alive as our destination and our way to that destination. Something has happened that opens up the way for humanity to receive divine life. And there's a call universally, if you're human, that you will receive it. You will receive divine life. And so the call that we see here in Acts that, that Peter is, that preaches to the crowds is this is what is, what will be received. And so turn and journey on the way to receive it. Divine life is for you. And so come and get it. And how? following Jesus. He is the one who prepares us to receive eternal life. There's an emptying that needs to take place before the divine nature can flood in. And so we're exploring in Acts, we're continuing on this journey, what it looks like in chapters 3 and 4, particularly tonight. Um, and a lot has already happened previously. Uh, Luke accounts that in his, in his gospel. That's the, 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 the prequel, if you want, to Acts. Uh, preparing, a lot's happened in preparing the way for more and more of the Spirit. Peter has his eyes set on Jesus. He's bringing his life into alignment with who Jesus is. He's, he's walking along the way that he knows, the person that he knows. And in Acts 3, we actually see Peter and John on a, on a, on a casual day uh, walking together to the temple to praise God. And as they're on the way, they, they bump into a lame beggar, a person who ha- has been crippled uh, for, for um, almost 40 years. And, and this guy is asking for money. And, and this is what Peter um, says. These are famous words. I, I have no silver or gold, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. These are powerful words here that Peter uses. I have no silver or gold, but what I have, I give to you. There's there's nothing material that I have to be able to give to you. And if I did, I would give it to you. But to the extent that I have received the Spirit of Jesus in following Him, in His name, 
I can offer you healing. There are two things that are happening here that, that, that are fundamentally linked. As, as we continue following in the way of Jesus, He can make us more like Him. We will be able to receive more of His divine nature. But, but these are the two things that are happening. There is a, a giving nature that, that goes beyond, that goes beyond just him having um, given of everything that he has to the poor in it previously because he doesn't have anything now. There's something that's beyond that goes, goes past his desire and his compassion to just um, give uh, healing, to, to, to offer healing to this guy. And what underlies that is the divine love of God. P- Peter and John, they're radically following Jesus And that looks like loving people with everything they have. Simultaneously for them, it ends up being a blessing to many people and it ends up getting them into a bit of trouble as well. But it's underwriting everything that they're doing is a love that is working out into their lives, a divine love, a compassion for people that means that they hold nothing back for themselves not even money or material possessions. That They've blessed people with their complete generosity and the life Jesus is evidenced in them by the power of the Spirit in giving healing when, humanly speaking, they have nothing to give. And when, when everyone actually um, comes around them and there's a stir... When everyone's surprised and in awe of it, this is what Peter says. Why do you wonder at this? Why do you stare at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made him walk? Peter and John are walking in the path of Jesus, not claiming divinity for themselves, but only what comes from above. Just as Jesus said, he only does what he sees the Father doing. They're saying the same. The power is not from us. We are only doing what we have seen Jesus doing. Self-giving love, the divine essence, the divine nature of the Father is power. In this moment, while the crowds come around, while they, while they gather because something incredible in their eyes has happened, Peter shares the good news with them. He tells them they've been, been living lives that have been against life itself. He, he actually says, you've killed the author of life. But Jesus has been raised from the dead and he is alive. He is the way and that way is self-giving love. And I actually love this because, because Peter actually, um, the things he's bringing up are quite confrontational. You, you've killed the author of life, um, but, but rather than slamming them for killing Jesus, that you can see, you can tell that's not his heart at all because this is what he says in verses 17 to 21. Friends, 
I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer. He's saying, you you were ignorant that you killed life itself. You were against life itself. But now that the author of life has revealed himself and is alive, here's what he says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Messiah appointed for you, that is Jesus, who must remain in heaven until the time of universal restoration that God announced long ago through his holy prophets. This is the announcement to them. Entry into the way, entry into life. Not slamming them, not not continuing to highlight their sins. Jesus is the way. Now turn and follow him and receive healing and refreshment from God. Whether Peter is in good times or in bad times, whether he's on trial, he always says the same thing. He has the same good news working itself out in his life that he's proclaiming. And he proclaims that as he follows the way of Jesus. Whatever situation he's in, he's committed to being on the journey and he doesn't want to be distracted at all from the simplicity of that journey. He's committed to doing and speaking the truth of the good news out of the divine love that he is receiving as he is following Jesus. There's one journey for Peter, one way to eternal life. The situations, uh, the circumstances might change around him, but his one concern is to make every effort to partake in the divine nature by following Jesus, loving as he loves. This is his language, making every effort to do that into Peter. That's That's his own language. Let's keep moving in Acts. Chapter 4. This is, this is moving straight from this, this scene where the healing has taken place, where they've preached to the crowds. After the, the healing and the, the commotion that it's caused, uh, things get a bit dicey. Peter and John uh, get called in to the, to the temple uh, authorities. They're, they're called in for questioning. Uh, but Peter, even here, does not back down. He tells the who's who of, of, of the religious world, the good news with boldness. Peter and John get detained overnight uh, for causing a stir. Uh, the, the, they, they don't want them to be um, talking about the resurrection. And then the next morning it comes as a relief when they get released, uh, but with a directive to keep quiet about this resurrection business uh, or else. And so Peter and John go straight back uh, to the community that they're a part of, the community that's following Jesus. They tell them what's happened, the incredible things that have happened. And this is actually part of the prayer that they pray straight away. In chapter 4, 29 to 31. And now, Lord, look at their threats 
and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. It's, it's an incredible prayer that they're praying and it's preceded by a radical following of Jesus and it ends in a more radical following. People who are on the way, people who are following Jesus on the journey laid before them, they experience an increased capacity in being able to receive the divine nature from God to receive more of his spirit, to continue following Jesus even more with even things that they don't have. They're able to give things that they do not even have to continue proclaiming the good news without fear, to continue loving in greater and radical ways, to see healings and signs and wonders. But specifically, I want to focus here as Acts chapter 4 comes to an end. They've just prayed this prayer. The the place has been shaken. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit again and they continue to speak with boldness. And, And straight after this, I almost expect another incredible story of them going out and some incredible thing happening. But... Let's read together what we find straight after this prayer and the place being shaken and then being filled with the Spirit, them continuing to speak with boldness. This is what it says, chapter 4, verse 32 to 37. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them for as many as owned lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as they had need. It actually goes on to talk about Barnabas who does the same, selling his field, laying the money at the apostles' feet to be distributed to whoever had need. When we were looking at Acts 1 and 2, Brad, um, Brad highlighted to us the need for us to allow God to build us together as a community, to build us as a living temple for Him to reside in, a community that loves as Jesus loves. And the Father wants to make it a reality. The the, the Son is at His right hand, giving of the Spirit freely for us. Longing for us to set our eyes on the vision that He has for us and to move into it. Let's receive all that He has for us. I had a sense of that 
this past week as well, as, as, we, as we saw the need there in India, coming together as a community, and out of the heart of love that He is wanting to birth in us, giving. Is everything we have used to reveal signs and wonders of a divine reality of love to others? Are we making every effort for our very lives to be open to receiving the good news? Are all our possessions, our money speaking of the good news of Jesus? Are they spent in loving as Jesus loves? Jesus shows us the way. He's more eager to give of His divine nature to us than we are willing to receive it. He's got more to give. The community and individuals in Acts were moving into this reality daily. These are the things that we're reading of now and will continue to read of as we, as we trek through. And Jesus has not abandoned us today. The way is ever before us. Moses says this in Deuteronomy 30, this has never changed. This has always been God's heart to present us with life that we may have life to the full, that our hearts may be filled with the divine love that we would be as he is. This is what Jesus shows us. This is Moses in Deuteronomy 30. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in His ways and observing His commands, decrees and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to, to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Here's what he says. I, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him for that means life to you. God is not holding anything back from us. He has never held any good thing back from us. If it were possible for us to be with Him where He is in this very instant, we would be there. If it were possible for Him to zap us in an instant and to birth in us the divine love and for us to be perfected, He would do that. He would not hold that back from us. Such is His love. The only way has been set before us. And it's been set before us in Jesus. The reality we see in Jesus that God has not abandoned us. He is leading the way, ever leading the way. 
ever longing for us to know the life that he has and is, and is, and is always pouring out for us to receive. Giving us everything so that we can be as he is. And his call is for us to follow him as we are doing, as we are encouraging one another to do. Let's continue to do that as a community. In 2 Peter, um, Peter's, Peter's coming up to the end of his life and, and, and God has revealed to him um, how he's going to die and he, and he says this to his community. I know that you know this, but I want to remind you again. It's the simplicity of the good news. I want to remind you again so that when I'm gone, you will have this at the forefront of your mind. And all he says is to put the good news, to put Jesus ahead of them, setting their sights on him. Jesus' resurrection, the community of believers perfected. Not not in abstract, fuzzy terms, but, but the divine love. Allow your imagination to ignite with the vision of what he has for us as individuals, as a community. Allow Jesus to shape that vision and then step out towards it. It is his call to us, making every effort, that's Peter's language, make every effort to move towards that because he has given everything for that to happen. All that Jesus is, he invites us to be. All that he reveals to us, he invites us to enter into. Jesus has set fullness of life before us. His willingness to give is unparalleled. The cross shows that. The cross proves that he will not hold anything back for us to know life. And he is not. Our ability to receive is yet small. But he is on about changing that. He has shown us the way to receive so that all that he has for us can be realized in our lives, in our community. And that way is love the way he has revealed love with his very life. He has more to give than we are yet able to receive. The way he set before us is making us able to receive more. I was reading one of the commentaries, just, just as, just as um, I close here, um, on Acts 4, talking about this situation in the community of, 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 the, of the followers of Jesus just giving everything to cover need, being united in love, this is what the commentary said. This is, this is my, these are my own words, but this is effectively what it said. That, that having open hands is the only position for our hands to be in to receive. Having open hands. When we have learned to give not only out of our hands, but out of our hearts, out of our whole lives, we will be ready to receive everything he has for us. But as we're on the journey, as we open up more, we will receive more as we are perfected. And this is the way that we're on. This is the way. As as followers of Jesus, this is the way 
we are on. And, and, I, and I know often at times it's, it's put into, into negative words uh, because th- there are times where it does feel like this, but, it, but, but this is usually the description, self-denial, putting the flesh to death, taking up your cross. But it is the very stretching of our capacity to receive the life that He has for us. And as we move in that direction for the sake of others, we will continually move into places where the very life of God, the good news is manifested in our lives individually and as a community, healing, signs and wonders. That's what He calls us to. That's what He calls us to. But it is undergirded by the divine love, self-giving love. And if we don't see enough of this, if we don't see enough of this kind of giving, this kind of um, um, just complete abandon, complete confidence in the goodness of the Father, in the work that He's doing, may that be an encouragement to us to follow more, to set our eyes on Jesus and His kingdom of light and love and to move together, to encourage one another to do that, to be united together, to be one as he is one. F.D. Maurice, a theologian from, from the 19th century, in closing as well, looking at this exact, uh, this exact passage uh, where with the community there, he says this, my friends, talking to his community then, and, 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 I, and this is my heart for our community now, my friends, we want the one heart and the one soul now as much as in those first days. We want it. When shall we begin to earnestly ask for them? Let's pray. Father, we come to you as a community, as, as individuals who are being brought together by you, who are being built up together as your body into a holy temple for your very presence to completely permeate, for your divine love to express itself through us. We come to you. Our hearts are yearning for this. Our hearts long for this to be, to be made a reality. And so we ask. Your call is that we come to you and ask. You are a good father and we ask of what is good. And now we put ourselves in the way of Jesus this very evening. Tomorrow, we commit to following you as you give us everything we need to enter into the life that you have for us. Help us. We know that you will. We call out to you. Make us into into a people who have our eyes set on you who have your redemptive work at the core of our hearts, your redemptive work for others, your love poured out for others. Lead us. Lead us in that. We will follow. And may we be a community who encourage one another to love and good deeds. May we have the very heart that you have. 
do it in our day. We will follow in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and we're, we're just continuing to, let's just focus our eyes on Jesus now. As we do that, allow his very person, allow the possibilities in your own life to start to bubble up from within you. Allow the possibilities for our community to bubble up from within you. And then allow his spirit to prompt you to movement. Let's do that together.
Father, this is the good news uh, that, that the world is looking for. I think each and every individual, Father, even in this place tonight, would know that oneness and love and unity is a good thing. And that that's what we were created for. We were not created to be separate, but to be, to be close, to understand each other, to, to commune with one another. And uh, you have revealed that this, this comes not as we seek to retain our life, not as we seek to, um, uh, I suppose, to, to keep a hold of what we have, Lord, but it comes as we generously and self-sacrificially give, just as you have done that for us. 